<laughs> well, so I had a Halloween costume that I wanted to do. Um, and I texted my friend who was going to the party with me. And I was like, hey, how about we do Lady Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World? And I was like, instead of jeans, we'll wear shorts and we'll do kind of like cutesy Wayne and Garth. Because like we're going to a club. I'm not going to wear a pair of Levi's and like yeah. men's shirt. <laughs> it was Wayne Campbell. Anyway, so she was like, yeah. So I bought like fishnets and I wore them under like my shortest jean shorts you could possibly find. Like ridiculously short. And then like a black crop top where you could see the top of the fishnets through and like my hair and my Wayne's World hat. And I show up to meet her and she's just dressed as Garth. <laughs> Like jeans, <laughs> baggy t-shirt, big baggy flannel, ridiculous wig, horrible glasses. And I was yeah. like, cool. <laughs> we obviously did not coordinate this. No. I look like an idiot. So that's how I spent the night. <laughs> Looking like but the you know trashiest what? person in the world. <laughs> like, what was I doing? I feel like the girl version of Garth, because there is a girl version of Garth. That yeah. is what they look like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not crop tops and fishnets. I, I don't even start me on girl versions flats. of things. I know, but I would have I would have worn just like skinny jeans, but like I don't own any jeans, so I was kind of in a corner. Yeah, the option I had. But whatever. What are you gonna do? In the end, I was sexy Wayne Campbell, and there's nothing sexy about Wayne Campbell. No, zero. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast. I'm Marcy. I'm Allison. And I'm Julia. <laughs> you're Julia. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say your name from now on. Mm-hmm. Only oh, when you're an idiot before. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I love how I make fun of you sometimes and it always just comes back to bite me in the ass. It's like a little diving board thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a jab at her, and then I just dive into cement. <laughs> anyway, so I have a kind of a odd topic. Oh. How appropriate. <laughs> today, if I can get my computer to stop freezing, classic, uh, today we're going to talk about spooky photography. Ooh. 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 Much spooky. Ooh, spooky bunch. That's not a thing. You say spooky much? Spooky bunch. I heard spooky bunch, like yeah. the Brady Bunch. Yeah. That should be us. The spooky bunch. That's the monsters. It is. I'm pretty sure. Or the Adams family. Either one. You the spooky choose. bunch. <laughs> um, so we're going to start off in our spooky photography. I have three categories. Uh, and the first one is spirit photography. The spookiest of the spooky photography. So... William H. Mumler was a jewelry engraver in Boston in the 1860s. Mumler. Mumler. <laughs> Mumler. He liked to do amateur photography in his spare time. You know, as you do. Mm-hmm. One day, after taking a portrait of himself, he noticed an image of a person in the photo with him that hadn't been in the room at the time. But it wasn't creepy. He recognized the image. It was a previous image that he had already shot, and he had double exposed the two images on top ah. of each other, thereby creating a ghostly image behind him. What? Mm-hmm. So what did this guy do? Took Profit. that shit to the bank. <laughs> he started working as a medium and started taking pictures for people who had lost their loved ones. 
Using double exposure, he would take a portrait of a person or a family and make it appear, appear as though their loved ones were in the photo with them. I love, like, I mean, life wasn't easier back then, because I was going to say life was so much easier back then, but, like, if you were, like, a scammer, so man, it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, like, I got this thing. Now everybody, like, somebody does something like that, and people are like, fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was actually pre-spiritualism movement. Oh. So this is before the Fox sisters, who we will talk about later, um, but it was before everyone went, like, cuckoo for spirits. Yeah. This was, so... <laughs> cuckoo for spirits so knowing that it seems like a pretty crazy idea for a business right yeah like there wasn't that huge interest he was really kind of taking a risk there but it was also the time of the civil war and because people had lost so many family members in the civil war business was booming hmm. mm. thousands of people were killed and all of their families were searching for reassurance that there was an afterlife and that there was yeah. a way to talk to their pe- people that they had lost yeah exploit um, the people who have lost someone. exactly Mumler's wife, named Hannah, also became a healing medium and started assisting her husband in the spiritualism business. So they kind of had a, a thing together where she would talk to the people and and oh. then he would take these photographs and it was this full package deal. So they really had a, a thing going on. So Power she was like couple. a grievance counselor. Pretty much. Yeah. And then she was like, plus give me 50 bucks and we'll take a picture of you with your dead kid? Yeah, pretty cool. much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, critics of Mumbler's work included our favorite dickface, P.T. Barnum. <laughs> he claimed... He's not a dickface. He's a dick with a top hat on. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed that Mumbler was taking advantage of people. Slow your wow. roll, P.T. Wow. But he claimed P- Mumbler was taking P. advantage. P.T. Barnum was like, I've never exploited someone because they lost their child. That's it. <laughs> I've he just said... paid them to put their child on a stage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He thought they were taking advantage of people who's judgment was clouded by grief yeah well yeah he but was like, like only take advantage of people whose judgment is clouded by poverty alcohol and, and poverty and, yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god i mean he's not wrong but at the same time like hello <laughs> yeah right? what do you think you do for a living <laughs> right but he also this guy mumler created a huge movement where other spiritualist photographers started to sell photos as well hmm. um arthur conan doyle was a huge fan he loved this shit oh, have you ever heard Arthur Conan Doyle had this thing where he he tried. He tried so hard to contact spirits. And when he died, he was like, I'm going to come back. <gasps> like, I will, guys. And then somebody, it was either like a son or a niece or somebody related to him, did this big thing where they were they sold out this stadium and they played a recording of him from beyond the grave of him oh, being like, no. I'm reaching out to you. And it was just a recording. But like people ate that shit up i gotta find that that should be another episode yeah <laughs> anyway cool um there was also people that did so this guy named william staten moses uh he was he started photographing ectoplasm which is like a gauze-like <laughs> substance that came out of people's orifices yeah i have i, I have photos i'm gonna cool. i'm gonna show you guys photos. i've been reading a book about people we'll post them on our it's instagram called, uh strange frequencies I can't remember who the author is, but it's all about people contacting the other side or attempts people have made to contact the other side looped in with technology. And he has a whole chapter about ectoplasm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's crazy. There was one woman that would like pull it out of her vagina constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good place to store things. (laughs) So that's one of Mumbler's photos. He also, one of his very famous photos. Good place to store things. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's Uh, the female wallet. (laughs) That one is, that picture is ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. Oh. 
Like, yeah. they're subtle enough, too. Did Remind- he take the one of Mary Todd Lincoln? Yes, he did. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And there's the ectoplasm ones. I just saved one. It's like the... What's it's that like ghost cheesecloth movie? and, like, things. And then they would swallow it and they would regurgitate it. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So like the two places you can store things yeah your stomach and throw it back up or exactly your female wallet wallet. (laughs) one of mumbler's most famous images is reported to show abraham lincoln standing behind mary todd lincoln so this is one of the ones that was like and he took it so now he's getting like super duper famous and she went crazy i was gonna say and mary todd loved that shit she was all about that yeah yeah so once pt barnum started accusing mumler people started looking into him a little bit more there's an investigation around him Mm. turns out he had been breaking into people's homes and stealing the photos of their loved ones oh my god i love this oh my gosh (laughs) so he would make like appointments like his wife is a healing medium they'd make an appointment so that people were leaving their home and going and meeting up with her yeah and then he wouldn't be there and instead he would break into their house and take photos what's your address but he didn't always take the right photo because he didn't know what the person looked like that they were asking him to contact so when people started seeing people of their alive loved ones in the photos with oh. them and being like, no, that's my brother. He's down the hall. Uh, then they started then looking into him and trying to figure out what the hell he was murderer. doing. <laughs> part time. <laughs> my so, brother's just down the hall. <laughs> Not for long. He was brought to trial in 1869 for uh, being accused of fraud. And P.T. Barnum testified against him. Oh, my gosh. He actually hired a man named Abraham Bo- Bogardus. Abraham Bogardus. Um, Abraham was an American. Uh, so the pho- photography at the time was called daguerreotypist. Okay. Which is the process of using like glass plates, mm. like those big fucking cameras mm. in the 1860s. It was yeah. called daguerreotype. So he was a daguerreotypist. So P.T. Barnum hired this man to recreate the Mary Todd Lincoln photo, but with P.T. Barnum instead of Mary Todd and Abraham Lincoln standing over him. Um, and <laughs> so he picture. presented this. And in... then he took it on tour. <laughs> <laughs> he sold photocopies. He um, presented it in court and was like, look, I did the exact same thing. Um, as part of he's this. looking just as lovingly over my shoulder <laughs> <laughs> me and Abe so Mumler was actually acquitted because the court could not prove that he was not taking pictures of ghosts there was no way for them to prove that there was wow. without reasonable doubt that there was no afterlife wow so they were like even with the copy photography they were like well okay well, you're admitting that you did this photo manipulation but that doesn't mean that he was doing Exactly. Yes. P.T. Barnum manipulated the photo to get it, but they had no way of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that Mumler didn't take photos of ghosts and that wow. ghosts don't exist. Lucky. So basically it was like, and I, and it's probably like they didn't want to disprove the concept of an afterlife in court. <laughs> so wow. he was acquitted. Um, he continued working in photography, but his career never recovered. And he died in 1884 at the age of 52. But that's not to say that all ghost photos are fake or purposely fake. Yeah. Sure. There are some photos that seem to be an actual spirit on the photo. So we have, we talked about last week, the brown lady of Random Hall. Oh, yes. Yes. She was captured on film uh, and then was posted in Country Life magazine. Oh, yes. One of the most famous ghost photos of all time. Um, yeah. This is the one that people keep shooting at, right? 
This is the one. That, yes. Yes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> And her eyes missing from her face. Yeah. What was it? He was drawn to the eye sockets. <laughs> yeah. As we all would be. Right. There is one. Uh, there's a place. Sorry. Um, Reverend Ralph Hardy captured what is known as the Tulip Staircase Ghost. He was visiting the Queen's home at the National Maritime Museum in England in 1966 and captured an image. He didn't notice a specter until he returned home to British Columbia and had the film developed. I think I've seen this one before. So this is the Tulip Staircase, and I took a picture of just this because it's so cool. Yeah, that's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. And this is the image that he caught. I'm actually just going to hand you my phone because it's kind of hard to see. Okay. Apparently a maid died on the staircase 300 years before that. And so they think it's her, but... Okay. You can see little hands. Yeah, you see little hands. But she's on the wrong side? She is, yeah. Okay. She's, like, hanging over the edge. And yeah. And when you see the staircase, it's this loop. Like, there's no way of... No. ...doing that. It's pretty uh, high it's up interesting. There. I've seen. I think I've seen this one in a, a ghost book before. Do you see it in Country Life magazine? <laughs> it was in Country Life magazine, but... Yeah. That's right? creepy. Yeah. Do you think she fell over the railing or did she tumble down the spiral staircase? I don't know. But he says he doesn't remember anyone. Again, look at our Instagram. We'll post it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Also, though, the hands are really far apart. Like there's a hand here and then the second one is all the way up here. It's like she's sliding down the railing. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that was, I've seen that in a book too. So the brown lady and this one, this tulip staircase. And then this is the next one that I've, I always saw in books. Always. Lord Combermere was struck and killed by a carriage in 1891. Sorry, on the, what's his name? Lord Combermere. Combermere. On the day he was being interred, a photographer was taking fo- film, taking photos at his house. When he developed the photo, an hour after taking it, he noticed a specter of Lord Combermere sitting in his favorite chair. The ghostly image is missing his legs, which is kind of even more creepy since they were pretty much destroyed in the carriage accident. So that's the other one. Okay. And I always used to see that. That's interesting. In ghost books. And Allison will be like, oh, yeah. As soon as she sees it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a big mustache? He probably did. It looks like he does there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he did it. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's Who another that? legless man. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's he got his legs run over by a carriage. Well, they were like, I mean, probably most of him was destroyed in yeah. the accident. Let's be honest. That's not crazy. his mustache though. No. So um, that lives on forever. Yeah, exactly. So those are the three that really kind of like creep me out, and they've been really studied a lot. Um, and there's not a lot of like obvious things that are fake about them, um, but there's some obvious hoaxes that mm-hmm. were do you have pictures of hoax ones i do yes so it's <laughs> my favorite the ghost of newbie hall is one of <laughs> my like we actually already. talked it, about it last week with the brown lady because this is the one that i remember from ghost books a lot in that sense of like being drawn to something that scares you yeah this one really scared me when i was a kid for some reason um but they've said it's prob- probably oh very fake probably very big <laughs> it definitely looks more like a double exposure it may be definitely not <laughs> entirely real maybe yeah it definitely looks like a double exposure whereas oh, the yeah, other ones look too. kind of yeah those ones the the um the staircase yeah the staircase one is pretty creepy yeah it's definitely really creepy 
Yeah, I remember this one. Also, like, you can, can't figure out, I think the, the drawing part is you can't figure out what his face is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what they say is it's like a plague mask that a monk would have worn. Um. Mm. Or, um, yeah, a plague mask to cover up. I thought it was like a like, big long beard. Like, yeah. I was like Gandalf and I think that's right. why I was like drawn to it when I was a kid is like you're trying to figure, figure out, out what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, we have the Amityville boy on the staircase. Oh, my God. Thanks, yes. Warrens. Where do I have that one? I feel like you've seen this one before, Julia. Oh, yeah. From when the Warrens were investigating the Amityville house. Uh, they said they caught a picture of one of the little boys. I'm supposed to be looking at the, the picture of the lion, right? <laughs> right. The, but the, the yeah. war, they had a, a boy that was there and it looks exactly like that boy. Like, it's just... Interesting. I guess the freaky part is the eyes being yeah. white. Yeah, probably. And just like the the subtleness of peeking around the corner kind of thing. Yeah. Like you're... Anyway, and the most recent one, which we also talked about last week with the Brown Lady of Renham Hall, is um, the, sorry, not the Brown Lady, the Grey Lady, uh, Sybil Penn, yes. who haunts, um, shit, where Hampton was that? Court? Hampton Court. <laughs> and just a little while ago, who there was a couple of shit? <laughs> students that <laughs> faked a photo of her. And it's, it's... quite creepy. We yeah. talked about it being almost like Mama. Yeah. Where, like, she's just this huge, creepy oh, yeah. specter. Yeah, like, they didn't even try. But they didn't Like, even she's try. just dead in the middle of the photo. Like, yeah. when does that happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they should have had her, like, peeking around a doorway yeah, like, or, or Yeah, like, through a doorway that, like, you can see into the other room or something yeah, like that. Like, exactly. they're never, like, right there. Come on. <laughs> Get with it. Yeah, even I know that. <laughs> so, that is spirit photography. Okay. So, some of them are more real some of them are more fake some of them are purposely fake lots of things going on there but some people don't need to have a picture of ghosts to remember their loved ones some people just straight up take pictures of dead people (laughs) to remember their loved ones and so we're going to move on to death photography okay it's called postmortem or memorial portraiture or mourning portrait and it's the practice of photography photographing the recently deceased just as a a side note i was in a (laughs) photography class and we had to do a presentation on our favorite photography oh my god did a kid do postmortem photography no but like the amount of people who couldn't say the word photography photography (laughs) (laughs) so many people said photography especially when you're nervous it's the name of the fucking class photography (laughs) Well, because you're switching what from you photograph photography. to photography <laughs> to photographer. <Yeah. laughs> it's all, it's all They're different. like photographer. <laughs> I mean, photographer. <laughs> that was so many times. It was so funny. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, it still kind of happens today, but it was very common in the 19th century when death occurred in the home and was a very normal part of life. Mm-hmm. So that same way of taking photos that we talked about before what yes it called again dare go to something i can't remember well it, it used to be that your where your living room is in your house it was called the parlor mm-hmm. and when grandma died grandma was put in a coffin and, in the parlor in the parlor and would just hang out there for like three or four days and yeah. everyone would come see grandma in the parlor yeah exactly so it was very common people yeah. weren't as people nervous weren't around out. it they didn't get scared about it so but um that type of photography that we talked about before Mm -hmm. it made portraits more popular um and often in the case of 
children and young people, um, post-mortem photo would be the only photo that a person would have their, of their, for their family to remember them by. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made it more accessible. However, it was still expensive and you still had to stand for a long time. So oftentimes people wouldn't get their photo taken unless there was an occasion to do so. Mm. So if you died without a photo, people just thought, well, I'd rather have a picture of them dead than never have a picture of them at all. Yeah. So it became very popular. Um, so 1860 to 1910 in Victorian Britain was kind of the height of it. Um, they would be portrayed as sleeping or sometimes sitting with their family. Mm. Some images, the photographer would add a rosy tint to the person's cheeks just to make them look a little bit more alive. There is a myth that a stand was used to prop people up. So you see this a lot when yeah. you look up postmortem photography. It's actually, that's not how it is at all. Um, those stands were used for living people to help them stand still enough to not ruin the exposure because you'd have to stand still for so long. So you'd be able to rest your head and your back. So oh. oftentimes you do see people kind of like their head does look a little bit strange in those photos because yeah. they're resting it against something behind them. So if you see a stand behind someone in a photo, it's actually proof that they're alive, not proof that they're dead. Oh, wow. The deceased were always photographed sitting or lying down because like you can't really like how would they stand? Right. Well, that would be the. the, the yeah. Stand. Like, <laughs> no. But it, the if you see the no, pictures the, of the stand, it's like, on their neck and on their back. They're still dead. They're not going to stand on their feet. Like they're not going to stand yeah, upright. You're not seeing all the the, the, the layers. <laughs> so there's like a couple of. Okay. I tried not to save. A lot of them have like kids. No, I tried not to save anything with kids. But here's like a picture of somebody sitting down. And like there is an apparatus behind yeah, him, to keep but you're not going to get someone like standing up. Those people in those photos look definitely look alive. That person looks a hundred percent dead. It <laughs> looks like a doll. It does, just, <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like their legs and their arms. Yeah. There's no muscle, no mass in there anymore. There's no one standing, even no. with a stand yeah. behind them. It would be pretty. Unless you prop them up like a scarecrow. Like we've seen work weekend at Bernie's, you yeah. know, like <laughs> it's not how that works. So, well, they fooled everyone <laughs> still in some cultures. See weekend at Bernie's too. Yeah. See, yeah. They just needed to play music and then it yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, in some cultures like Iceland, postmortem photography stayed around until the late 1940s. Wow. Yeah. So there's a tribe in Indonesia called the Toraha. Tor- Taraha. 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 And they celebrate uh, Manani ritual, which is a celebration. It's called the Ceremony of Cleaning of the Corpses. I okay. watched a documentary on this on TV like four nights ago. Really? Yeah, it was cool. just on the news channel. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I've seen it a couple I didn't years seek ago. It, out. it just showed up. News showed channel up. news. <laughs> um, every year, families <laughs> visit the tombs of their deceased relatives, dig them up clean them, dress them in clean clothes, and parade them around the village taking pictures. Okay. Have you ever seen this? No. Oh. This is not what I look up. I don't have news channel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Every single... Well, I'm not going to show you. You just watched a documentary. Yeah. But... (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And, like, did you see the one with the guy where he puts the cigarette in the guy's mouth and lights the cigarette because Grandpa loved to smoke? (laughs) So, like, uh, it's such a huge part. I think we really removed it from our culture where it was such a big part of our lives. And it still is a big part of our lives. But it's so, like, pushed under the rug now. Like, it's just, like, not something you deal (laughs) with. You don't like to talk about it. You don't like to deal with it. It's scary. It's creepy. Whereas it 
it for wasn't. so long it wasn't well it's like the same thing i was saying like the living room being called the parlor there's a reason they changed the name from the parlor to the living room yeah. like they were like no dead things now. <laughs> yeah, what is the opposite of parlor <laughs> Well, we want them to think about how much they're going to live in this room. So <laughs> the living room. Living this is the room. living room. Live. <laughs> you don't die in here. You live. Not dying room. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think that's interesting because it was such a big thing for so long. Hmm. But um, yeah, the that one is definitely. That's interesting. Crazy. I love it. And there's like, they like put them on their shoulders and they like walk them around and like, it's yeah, just they're like, like totally not freaked out by it. Not at all. Well, no, not if that's something that you do. Yeah. What yeah. is it? Every year? Every year. Wow. It's like a little, hey, how you doing? We still love you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the dead people don't care. No, they really don't. Okay. <laughs> Our last category. Okay. Unexplained photography. <laughs> In space. In space. <laughs> ufos unexplained <laughs> photography photography has been used to capture images of many unexplained things okay. it's nothing like a photo to prove you saw something weird pixar didn't happen pixar did happen right <laughs> <laughs> my next sentence so i have a couple here okay the surgeon's photograph do you know what that is the surgeon yeah no Surgeon photograph was taken in 1934 and supposedly shows the head and the neck of the Loch Ness Monster. Oh. It's taken by Robert Kenneth Wilson, who was a gynecologist from London visiting Scotland. <laughs> Look. <laughs> yeah, it's a career. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> it was published in the Daily Mail. And because Wilson... Seems out of his field, for sure. <laughs> this <because> ectoplasm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems more in his field. <laughs> It was published in the Daily Mail, um, but because Wilson didn't want to have his name associated with it, it's now called The Surgeon's Photo. So that mm. was published. Although, I don't know why it's called The Surgeon's Photo if he's a gynecologist. <laughs> Maybe someone didn't know what that was. <laughs> he's a doctor. So for 30 years, it was considered proof. Sorry, for 60 years, it was considered that for no reason. <laughs> for 60 years, it was considered proof of the Loch Ness Monster. In 1993, the makers of a documentary, Loch Ness Discovered, pretty much determined that the photo was a fake. They think that it was like a weird little toy submarine. <laughs> okay. And like what? The, yeah. The distance and everything. Well, they had like talked to like people that were there and or like heard stories of people that Who were, were on there. the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> no, like a mint, like a toy submarine. It was no, Stuart I Little. <laughs> he rides little boats. <laughs> Stuart Little. Uh, don't tell him Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Uh, so the the distance that the photo's taken at, it's not actually something that's big. It's something that's a lot really small. Like there's a whole bunch of like factors mm. into how it's measured. Yeah. Normally the photograph is cropped and close just to get a better look at the image. But when you do see the full image, it's actually quite small in the middle of the lake and it doesn't. And oh. the waves that are around it aren't big waves that a big thing would make. They're tiny little ripples and things like that. Oh. So they really, they really dove in deep to <laughs> figure out. There's a, a spot on it that is on all the photos. So it was, it's like there's a whole bunch of like, okay. Yeah. So no <laughs> Nessie. Sorry, Ness. <laughs> She'll live on in our hearts. Roger Patterson and Robert Bob Gimlin became interested in Bigfoot in 1959 uh -huh. after reading an article about him. 
He started to hear stories. Or sorry, they started to hear stories about Bigfoot sightings. <laughs> They're one person. <laughs> in Northern California. And in 1967, received funding to travel to Bluff Creek in Del Norte County, California, to try and find the Bigfoot. On Friday, October 20th, the same year, they were riding their horses upstream. I like how they're on horses. Yeah. So charming. They both spotted the creature at the same time. It was crouching by the side of the river. When it saw them, it started to walk from the river and into the trees. They estimated that it stood at seven foot six inches. Wow. Grabbing their camera, they started filming and captured the image of a female figure covered in hair walking away from them. The entire encounter lasted less than two minutes. So he grabs the camera, he like turns it on, and it's a real camera. Yeah. Not like not a real, fake one, but like a real to real camera. So he starts starts shooting and he's like running after it and like yeah. chasing it and it's just kind of walking away. And at one point it looks over its shoulder at him, which is the classic mm-hmm. image from that. He said it looked back at him a couple times mm-hmm. and then disappeared. And then they got back on the horses and they tried to pursue it and they pursued it upriver and then it disappeared. And they mm-hmm. kind of held back because they were scared because they didn't have their guns with them. Uh, Bigfoot was like, are those guys on horses? Don't they know they have cars now? <laughs> yeah. How charming. (laughs) (laughs) Their stories were mostly consistent, but there were a couple of parts that were a little bit different, like big parts. And on top of that, as time passed, they began to exaggerate certain details separately. So it went from being like just over six feet to seven foot six to like it's getting bigger. She was 12 feet tall. Yeah. (laughs) Objections, Objections to the film include the anatomy of the creature. The way that the hair lays on the shape of its head seems to prove that the hair is draped onto the figure rather than growing on the creature. Hmm. Um, the It has hair everywhere, even though it's a female and it obviously has breasts, there's yeah. hair on them. And scientists are like, no primate in the world has hair on their breasts Oh, like that. Like monkeys, no one, the, the way that it grows up. But I mean, <laughs> it would be a primate still the way that oh. it is. So it's kind of like, that's a weird... Mm-hmm. thing for this one thing to do something different but yeah. i mean whatever um and also the fact that patterson and gimlin were the only two witnesses there's no others just the two of them yeah and they were both so into this <laughs> however maybe and- we shouldn't have sent them alone, alone. <laughs> however <laughs> analysis of the film proves that it has not been doctored so okay there's no like it is an encounter that happened there's no editing there's no it the encounter is the encounter it's just whether the person that's in the encounter is real or fake yeah but if it is a hoax um i actually think that it is but if it is it's still a great one yeah it's fooled a lot of people and it has spawned it's like a, still it's still talked about yeah why do people always want to hunt bigfoot yeah, like there's all those know. bigfoot hunting shows and they're like going in with guns and i like get it if you want to like maybe it's the hunting word if it was just like Finding Bigfoot. Searching for Bigfoot or like yeah. something like that. That sounds soulful but... though. <laughs> like we're going to have a us the whole time. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe he's just on Tinder and like you're going to go for dinner. Searching for Bigfoot. Searching for Bigfoot. It's like The Bachelor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would actually love to see that. But Bigfoot can't like speak the human language. No. no. Like it just has to be a bunch of like, I don't Gr- know if it's women or dudes. Like, but just a bunch of people trying to both. like court Bigfoot. And he's just like, yeah. 
I think we really uh, have a connection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that? The like Neanderthal like voice with that person doing the like nasal. Oh, <laughs> how the Neanderthal spoke. That video is amazing. That is great. So great. <laughs> I once uh, was listening to coast to coast am mm-hmm. and there was somebody that said that they captured the sound of a bigfoot um and it was terrifying to yeah. listen to i don't know what they actually recorded but it was really <laughs> scary yeah uh and as people that live in places where there's like vast amounts of wilderness i find the concept you know like we when i was staying in california once and i was on this house that's basically on the top of a mountain and mm-hmm. you look out on the deck and there's another mountain across like down the valley and then up and this is the place i was staying is where this video was shot so it kind of adds to the story but the other there was a fire on the other mountain and they were saying oh they just let it burn out there's nobody that lives there there's nothing there it was just this entire mountain of trees and there's nobody there Mm -hmm. it's just wilderness so like who's to say like nobody goes there there's a fire burning and they're just letting it burn out because there's nobody there who knows what's in there like there's just there's just so much sounds like not bigfoot anymore (laughs) maybe he's the only one who's living in there i don't know why i mean i guess yeah the idea of it it's a fun thing to think about but also if you're in the wilderness i would be more afraid of mountain lions and bears yeah i i mean i'm not saying like (laughs) what about that guy scary things don't family actually the guy that got kidnapped by the bigfoot family oh yeah and then what did he offer them snuff he gave them snuff sweet grass they they gave him sweet grass yeah oh okay (laughs) <laughs> They're like, hey man, try this. It's changing So the McMinnville UFO photographs were taken on a farm near McMinnville, Oregon, as you do. They actually weren't taken in McMinnville, Oregon. That's like the that place doesn't town. exist. <laughs> town. But they were taken somewhere else. They're just called the McMinnville photographs anyway not real they were printed in life (laughs) magazine in 1950 (laughs) mcminville mcminville (laughs) according to astronomer william k hartman on may 11th of 1950 evelyn trent was walking back to her farmhouse after feeding the rabbits on her farm after reaching the house she saw said she saw a metallic disc in the sky she called for her husband who took one look at it before running back inside and grabbing his camera he managed to catch two photos of it before it sped away do you know this photo, Ali? I don't know. <laughs> An astronomer said this? He was ta- telling the story. I think oh, he was okay. interviewed by Life magazine. Mm. <laughs> what was he being interviewed about? Oh, he was studying the photo. It was like, just, like, <laughs> just like, an astronomer. He some questions about stars, and he's like, also, you got to hear this story. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell this to everyone. <laughs> you want to hear something cool? Uh, so nineteen fifty. sweet grass first. <laughs> fuck um i can't i've lost my place originally they thought it was a secret military aircraft so they kept it secret Mm. didn't say anything so then one day mr trent is talking to his banker and he's like hey i got these really crazy photographs i don't know why it came up you know bankers but (laughs) so he's and then the banker's like let me see him so he shows it to him and then the bank got them blown up and they put them in the window of the bank to be like look what they filmed and then the newspaper picked it up 
And then the local newspaper published it, and then a local magazine published it, and then in 1950, Life magazine got a hold of it, and they published the photographs. Exactly. That's Little Shop of Horrors, is it not? Just put it in the window. Yeah. But for a bank? (laughs) I know. Why? Could you imagine? a local bank. (laughs) They need like a flashback-esque moment where he's recalling the story. Daddy. Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the bank one day. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, then, yes, Life magazine picked it up in 1950, and it became really, really famous. They took the photographs, um, the National Institute of Photography or something. They took the negatives, and they studied them. Mm. There's a couple things. Uh, The distance, because there's power lines in the photo. Mm -hmm. Not like the rock star, but actual power lines. Um, (laughs) The cartoon rock star? (laughs) Yeah. He's real in my heart, Um, The... The distance, it's nothing hanging from the power line. Yeah. The distance, it is that far away from Mm -hmm. them. Uh, The light, the way that it's light on the top and dark on the bottom shows that it is far enough away to have a different light than where Mrs. Trent is standing or Mr. Mm -hmm. Trent's standing when he takes the photo. Mm -hmm. He really like dove into a lot of things in this and the negatives, he concluded that the negatives hadn't been tampered with, that they Mm -hmm. took a photo of something that far away. Um. They just don't know what it is. It's, the photo's real, but yeah. what it's of, they don't know. Interesting. The Trents never made any money from the photos. Not Did the bank dime. make some money? Right. <laughs> um, and they really had no reason to lie. And when the National Institute of Photography took the negatives, they actually asked for them back and said, no one ever paid us for these. We'd like our negatives back. And they never got them back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So there are no positives. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what we've learned. So, yeah, there is something in the photos. We just don't That's know what crazy. it is. They were probably confiscated. Well, it is. Because the, na- uh, the Navy, the U.S. military, Navy, whatever it was, they just announced that there is a whole bunch of, like, yeah unexplained aerial phenomenon that they're just like, they have no, no idea. we don't know. We don't yeah, know what it is. they released a bunch of photos, and they're like, here's some pics. We have no idea what the <laughs> fuck this is. Yeah. <laughs> when was that? Like, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's recent, but they're like, they're like, we don't think they're alien, but we, we have no idea, idea what they yeah. are. Exactly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Drones. And there no, are other, there's, there's drone. other photos the that other we day. could talk about. I didn't want to go too much into aliens and yeah. things like that. That's kind mm-hmm. of the most famous of the, yeah. the non-fake, like we could go into like the alien autopsy area 51 stuff, but to me, that's, that's, really that's just a fake suit oh my god that's just a doll jane got me to watch this uh like thing on netflix that was alien autopsy and she was like (laughs) literally she turned to me before it started and she was like are you ready to watch the same five minutes of footage (laughs) (laughs) i was like what at least she's aware (laughs) yeah and i was like what are you talking about and this started and i had already seen it like 15 times and i was like why, how did they get away with this? Like, this is unreal. This is a movie? Yeah. I watched this it's amazing. Like days worth of filming. Amazing documentary on Amazon Prime that was called uh, The History of Mermaids or The Story of Mermaids. And it was the <laughs> fakest documentary I've ever seen in my entire life. And it had this amazing thing where it was, there was this story going on about people finding, like, the remains of a mermaid, which might have been interesting. 
but that wouldn't have it would have only been like a 20 minute documentary because that's all uh, there was yeah. to it so they supplemented it by just coming up with lies <laughs> about how the mermaids lived and what? like in prehistoric times maybe some of our ancestors stayed under the water Did and they, they would have like, been telepathic and they yeah. would have done those keywords like, where it's like have, maybe yeah. or they would have or that's, we can only imagine that <laughs> that's the ancient aliens yeah. shtick right yeah. but maybe did this happen <laughs> were there this i'm only asking questions i'm not offering any facts yeah. but you're gonna take them as facts instead yeah, yeah. he has such a confident voice did when he talks Chip about lying the sphinx <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm just asking <laughs> <laughs> so terrible it's so good. I love those documentaries. <laughs> They're so funny. I have very, like, I have a small window of patience when it comes to them, though. Like, sometimes I'll put it on and get, like, 10 minutes in. Just be like, no, I'm not. This isn't. No. <laughs> it's just so right stupid. But the Ancient Aliens one, yeah. I always have a thing for that. I watched it, like, for the first time ever, um, like, maybe two months ago. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like, an ep- uh, maybe one or two episodes. Or maybe <laughs> three. Maybe it was a day. Maybe she marathoned no. it. It was definitely <laughs> not. <Julia's> changed. <laughs> it did not change anything in me. It made me more angry about it. <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. Like, sometimes you're like, maybe I should watch it just in case, like, the, like, stereotypes that I have in my brain are not accurate. And then it just confirmed everything. Like, it was just, it was a bunch of shit like that where it yeah. was like, But maybe... what if... What if it was aliens? Yep. What, what if, if the gods were actually Lincoln. people from another planet? I was watching the South Park like um, Thanksgiving history uh, History Channel Thanksgiving with the the first Thanksgiving was like attended by aliens <laughs> and it's just like fuck it's so accurate so accurate it's ridiculous anyway anyway cool I'm, I was just making sure I saw showed you guys all my pictures but oh. we'll post them all on Instagram what's yeah. our Instagram handle. Odd Sisters Podcast. Odd Sisters Podcast. And yeah. you can follow us on Twitter, too. Same thing. Um, no, actually, I changed the name. Okay. I'm just looking at it really quickly. She changed it and forgot it. You can oh, also email It's just us. Odd Sisters. We're at Odd Sisters okay. on, Twitter. on Twitter. Keep it simple. <clears throat> Why'd you change it? Let's have this discussion on the <laughs> recording. <laughs> anyway, or you can email us at, um, at the Odd Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, All good things. Mm-hmm. All odd things. Yeah. But mostly Instagram for the, the pictures. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, um, I should post something like that. On, I can do it on Twitter. As okay. Well. Twitter yeah. and Instagram for pictures for reference. And uh, have fun. Stay, stay safe. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Bye.